0: This morning's reading is taken from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. And I'm reading today from the New Revised Standard Version. And this is page 910 in your pew Bible. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went out, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice Your faith has made you well.
1: Here we have this story of ten lepers who when meeting Christ on a road pled for healing and far off they called out to Christ. Master, Lord, have mercy on us. Because they were unclean. Now in this first century Palestine, if you were a leper, and leprosy, they they kind of attributed leprosy to a lot of different things. It could mean a lot of different things. But if you were someone with a very obvious disease, you were required by law to announce yourself when you came into a room, when you saw someone on a street from far off. Uh, running or imagine this running around yelling unclean here, back on unclean. You don't want to get near me. I'm unclean. I mean, I thank goodness we've gotten over this, right? <laughs> unclean. And so from far off they see Jesus, and clearly Jesus's reputation has gotten around as a healer. Lord, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus sees these who have been left out. You know, there was no soup kitchen at that time. What you needed to rely on was someone in the family going, making dinner and food and bringing it outside of the town and leaving it somewhere And then scurrying away, and then maybe you could come and grab your food, hopefully before all the other lepers get to it, right? And my guess is that they actually probably helped each other out. They probably were a society unto themselves, but regular society had shut them out, pushed them to the outside, And kept them away. Put them outside of town, far away from the entrance of the gate, because after all, that would not look good to have to see the lepers as you came into town, as you came into Jerusalem, as you came into Nazareth, as you came into Capernaum. Let's keep the lepers on the other side of town, please. We're trying to you know, increase our visibility and make this a nice place to live. Let's just put them under a bridge somewhere, please. Something like that. Does this sound familiar? I don't want <laughs> to spell it out, but it sounds familiar to me. Untouchable. Completely apart from society and yet completely dependent on others. And what is interesting here is that among these ten who are needy is a Samaritan. Now, among the Jewish people in first century Palestine, Samaritans were the lowest of the low, you know. And I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it's kind of like, you know, we're American Baptists. It's kind of like Southern Baptists are for us, right? <laughs> this because quite frankly the you know the samaritans and the jews they had a common history they had a common uh, they had some commonality in their faith but they were they were close to each other so close that they didn't like each other right it's kind of like baptists <laughs> you know we know each other too well and we you know we have our we sub, we go our separate ways at times samaritans the lowest of the low they you couldn't touch them you couldn't talk to them you couldn't interact with them It was thought that their religion was a a perversion of Judaism. And they were just not permitted to be there. And yet, here are nine Jewish lepers and one Samaritan all hanging out together. How interesting. The leprosy seems to be the great equalizer. It's a lot like basic training. Many of you know that I was in the Air Force. And, you know, when I was on the bus going from the airport to... Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. Uh, as we're on the bus, you can look around and you can see there was a cowboy over here. You know there was a uh, you know there was a thug over here with a lot of you know with a lot of attitude, and <laughs> you know there was uh, a very you know a young nerd over here. There was me. I'll let you figure out what category I was in. And, you know, it was easy to kind of categorize everybody and put them into categories and say, you know, well, there's someone I could probably relate to, and there's someone that I don't want anything to do with, right? And then they take us off the bus, and they file us into this place, and they shave our head, and they put us all in the same awful clothing, and there we stand, and you can't tell anymore who the cowboy is, and who the thug is, and who the nerd is we all look bad (laughs) and what a great equalizer. And you know, I made relationships that I probably otherwise would not have because of this equalization, uh, balding and dressed in green and wondering what have we done. (laughs) And so here are 10 coming together from different places Equalized by their leprosy, by their disease, by their, uh, by their being outside of the norm. And Christ responds to this need by telling them, by healing them. By responding to it, saying, alright, you are clean, you are healed. And then he says, go show yourself to the priest. Jesus didn't even touch them, but merely commanded them to go. Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went in obedience, they were healed. They were healed miraculously. And they were sent to the priest. And this is might seem an odd thing, not something that Jesus had done in other places, but it's important to go to the priest because in the Jewish tradition of the time if you were unclean if something made you unclean you had to get uh, signed off by the priest in order to, regain, to, to be clean again and in this case Jesus had healed the lepers and said you are clean but go see the priest because until the priest declares it so you're really not clean even though everyone can see you're healed from the leprosy. you I got to have a priest say, yep, you're clean. <laughs> go on back and rejoin society. Rejoin the, the nature. In fact, you can stand at the gates now and let the tourists see you. Because you're not nearly as ugly as you had been because of the leprosy. So, you are clean. You're ready to go, is what they were being told to go and have declared. And they were sent to this priest. One healed. Nine immediately. Once healed. Nine immediately proceed to the priest. They're running to get their lives back. Thank God. Now I can get back. They run to see the priest. But one. The Samaritan. Now I imagine the Samaritan wanted his life back too. I imagine the Samaritan wanted to go and get things rolling as well. But he stops. And before going to the priest, before regaining his place in society, low though it may be, he returns to praise God for restoring him to life. And to this, Christ asks, we're not ten cleansed? We're not ten healed? And yet here this foreigner comes back to praise God. And then Jesus does something remarkable. He commends the Samaritan for his faith. Now what a shock the readers of Luke must have had. Realizing that Jesus just made the Samaritan the hero of faith here. These low, low foreigners. So, you know, this... Text prompts me to ask, what's the difference here? Why only one? And why this Samaritan? Here were ten people for whom fate had completely changed their lives. I'm sure they didn't start off with leprosy. They started off having a normal and great life. But leprosy had taken away all their hopes, all their dreams, all their desires and ambitions, all their potential. And then, in an instant, their lives were completely changed again. All of a sudden, they had their lives back. And the world was opened up to them again. All of a sudden, they could be touched. They could be hugged. They could eat with other people in normal places and eat normal food. What an incredible experience that must have been. Yet, I get the feeling that for nine of those lepers, the experience was really would not last very long. Oh, I'm sure they were faithful and thankful. I'm sure they were pleased. I'm sure they were so excited they couldn't stand it. But for how long was that going to last? What were they thankful for? For getting their lives back to normal? It was as if they were saying, great, now I can go back to doing things myself the way I want to do them. Great, now I can go back and be with my family. Now I can be accepted in society. And I wonder how long it would be before they would even forget that they were once lepers. I bet they tried hard to not even bring that up. And I wonder if they stopped hanging around with Samaritans. I wonder if they said, you know what, I can't really be around Samaritans anymore. It was nice when we were lepers, but now I'm moving on. You know, for one person in this list, this was not just a healing. This was not just getting life back to normal. This was a life-transforming event. This awful disease had ravaged his life. He was broken. He was dead. And in his brokenness, he came seeking Christ. I think it was the depth of the change that was different here. For nine, Christ merely cured them of a physically debilitating disease. For one, Christ transformed his life. And he was given rebirth into a new life. And he would never be the same. He wasn't going back to his old life. Because he would never be the same. Ever again. It's like those people who have those near-death experiences... And they, you know, they're on the table and they died for like five minutes. Then they wake up and they realize, Wow, I, I died and I've come back. And they see the world differently. Things look different, things smell different, things are so much grander and more important and they have a whole new passion for living. This one leper experienced that and came out of that with gratitude and acknowledgement of God's mercy and grace. You know, the Samaritan recognized that he could go to the priest and go back to being the same person he was, or he could run back to the source, run back to Jesus where that healing power had come from. Why go to a priest? The priest hadn't done anything. I don't care if the priest declares me clean. I'm going to the source, to Jesus. Healed me and made me whole in a way I've never been whole before my leprosy or after. His story is about faith. About what faith can do. It's about the depth Of our faith. I mean who among us. Has not cried out. Master have mercy. Heal me. And Christ does heal us. Christ does answer our needs. However faith. Is more than just coming to God. With the things we need. It's not like. God's this genie in a bottle. We rub when we we need something. God pops out and says, okay, there you go. Faith is allowing God through Christ to shape us into the best version of ourselves. It's what a friend of mine calls our highest selves. Faith is allowing the power of God to transform. Faith is real transformation that gives us a sense of gratitude that I don't have to sit up here and coax out of you, but that you're eager to give. Real transformation humbles us in the face of such awesome power and such awesome grace. Real transformation strengthens our commitment Not to the things of this world, not to the priest and all that he represents, not to the society and the facade they like to put up, but our commitment to the one who is the source of life and light. Real transformation causes us to fall down on our face at the feet of Christ and say, Thank you so much. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't have. My eyes are open. Praise Jesus. I didn't know. Thank you. Christ does not just invite us to be healed. Christ does not give us our life back. Jesus completely turns our lives around. And the life we knew without Christ's love is nothing like the life we know with it. You can say Amen, that's okay. <laughs> A little feedback wouldn't kill you. <laughs> so the invitation comes to us come follow me. It's not an invitation to hold on to the status quo. Jesus doesn't say, Come follow me, so you can keep from changing. Come follow me so you can just be the same person you've always been. Jesus says, "Come follow me and I'll transform you into something new. I'll give you a rebirth. I'll give you a life you never even dared imagine." And in it is in it is experiencing that reality, this transformation that is seeing ourselves the way God sees us. That is where we find The kind of gratitude this Samaritan displays. Ten people had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Ten people were obedient to the things Jesus told them to do. To the letter. Ten people were cleansed. But only one was transformed. And I believe this is a matter of perception. Perception of what was needed and perception of what happened. Nine perceived that they were in need of healing. One perceived that he was in need of new life. Nine perceived that they were cured of an awful disease. One perceived that he was transformed into a completely new person. I've got to tell you, salvation is more than just going to heaven, brothers and sisters. Jesus invites us to be healed as well, to go to Christ with our brokenness, to cry out for mercy and receive it. But Jesus invites us to new life, transformation, rebirth. It is in this that we find a constant attitude of gratitude that we can't hide that we have to show. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us in in our iniquity, help us in our leprosy, help us in our perception of our own lives and our own world. See the need for your healing. And more than that, the need to be transformed Help us to let you shape who we are in this world. Not the status quo. Not the structures of this world. Not the facades. Not the desire to fit in. But the desire to be at the source. And to let you change us. And remake us to the person you created us to be. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.